Welcome to Bizarro Aficionado. Please, just try and relax. It will only hurt worse if you resist. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 5. Right off the bat, I do want to give a warning that in this episode we do discuss murder, rape, serial killers, and that this episode is not okay to blare from your cubicle at work. So, how is everyone? I expected to have multiple episodes out this month, but as this year goes, it's just one complete kick in the ding-ding after the other. Work, COVID, time, you know how it goes, so... I, <laughs> nothing can just quite work out. On top of that, there are some audio issues that were not noticed during recording. This, is, again, is my fault and the result of not getting my ass in the studio regularly. So I do apologize. I've tried to clean them up uh, the best I can. Uh, today, we're going to talk with Kelly Gossi, who longtime listeners might remember as Kelly Banaski from season one. We talk about the subject of her new book, various death row inmates she's worked with, and even a little bit about Richie, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Mainly, it's just a casual convo, catching up with a good friend of the show, and lots of killing thrown in for seasoning. So I, again, I want to apologize for this year of sporadic shows. It's been a very difficult year emotionally, financially, and I... uh, once again, have to move in the coming months, and I do hope to get at least two more shows out before I have to tear the studio down for the move. So thank you, thank you for, uh, to the listeners who just stood by during this whack-ass year. It means a lot to me, and right now I may have COVID, so I'm dragging a bit, but I hope you still enjoy this show. So let me shut up, and let's uh, go talk to Kelly. Hey everyone, welcome back. Now some of you longer listeners may remember my next guest, true crime author, death row inmate liaison, and creator of the website The Woman Condemned, Kelly Gossi. And we will explore... Hmm? Oh, go ahead. I said that's right, you got I it know. right. I, got... <laughs> I actually said it right. Uh, yeah. We'll explore some of the cases of the inmates she's interacted with, as well as hear some of her stories, and maybe just maybe we'll mention a serial killer or two. And... <laughs> her exciting new book coming out. So uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you've done this so long, it's not quite as exciting. I guess it's exciting. But... That's exciting. You've met, some, uh, you've met some people. Uh, yeah, if you, well, yeah. 
Yeah. In the in the in the farthest sense of the word, person. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Yes, indeed. Immense. Oh, go ahead. Characters. Yes, most definitely characters. I uh, I can't imagine. I know when you're here last time, you talked uh, extensively about a personal um situation that yeah. you had gone through. We'll talk about that. And uh, you had a, uh, I would say, you know, a close friendship with uh, someone everyone's name, someone whose name everyone will know. Yeah. And, are we, we going to talk about Richie? Oh, we can <laughs> talk about Richie. <laughs> How can we not talk about Richie? Right. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, the things you've done for for women on death row, and we can talk about yeah. all of it. And baseball. Cool. And baseball. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Mets fan, so baseball still hurts a little. Still stings. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if the Mets were going to do anything, you know, at least they made uh, made losing into a uh, major league history event. Well, hey, somebody, somebody had to do it. Oh my lord, it was a bad day for New York. Bad, bad season for New York, I guess. Poor fellas. I know, but now I guess you know I'll root for the Phillies. Because somebody's got to. Somebody's got to, right? And I don't know the Astros, so. But so, what's <laughs> been going on? What's new? What's exciting? Oh God, you asking the wrong girl. I'm telling you. <laughs> Lately, I, I, I disbelieve this. <laughs> I have not uh, written to a lot of new inmates lately. I have been working on a book about a woman named Morgan Smith, Ooh. who um, I don't, you know, I've been working on this book for a year, and I well longer actually. Mm-hmm. I met her through my liaison work. And um, she murdered her her boyfriend. I suppose you could call him boyfriend. He right. he wasn't calling himself that, but yeah. she called him right. uh, her friend's new love interest. Gotcha. She shot her. Yeah. The thing is, she had been, um, I guess you could say, delusional in a way, mm-hmm. but. The the guy that she was killing someone over, she considered herself his uh, love slave. Oh, jeez. They had been in a BDSM-type relationship mm-hmm. for going on uh, like 10, 12 years. And uh, she'd even had his this man's child. Although oh, wow. Had, he had no – he wasn't being a father to the to the kid. He just sort of took off. Well, when he found nice. out she was pregnant, yeah, and he moved away. They had a, a BDSM type situation going on, mm-hmm. and she she liked it. I mean, she um, still to this day she she touts that sort of situation. She right. tells me it's she tells me it's a lot like living as a 1950s housewife. That's her. Huh. Those are her words. So she's more of a sub. She is a sub, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, like he would get her to go to his friend's house and, and, and clean his house or, oh. you know, wash his bike or, you know. She said it was just thing, normal things like making his friend's resume or, 
you know, just things like this that right. he would ask her to do, unless it was in the bedroom, and then, you know, that's different. But sure. He had to do a few um, extra chores there. But <laughs> I bet. <laughs> but she really liked it. Mm-hmm. Well, after so many years of that, she got pregnant, and he wasn't about it. Oh, dear. So he, you know, he, he shot the gap. And she said, well, you know, what am I going to do? Oh, hell. Well, she, she tried to stay with him, tried to track him down, et cetera. This is in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. But he um, he meant to get gone, so he left, all the way left. Wow. And went to Florida. Oh, oh of so, course. Where else? Where else? Where else? So she raised, um, you know, began raising her, her daughter with this man, and he... Didn't know, you know, he didn't know the little girl. He didn't spend any time with her or anything. He just lived his life. And then Morgan married another man. And he was raising the the girl. But Morgan just, I mean, she had a lot of mental issues that were apparent even in her early, early years when she was a child. She lost her virginity at 12. Oh, gosh. Uh And then uh, when she was 14, she dated a... Another boy, well, I should say man, because he was an adult. He was 20 Oof. when she was 14, and he introduced her to the BDSM. Of course well. he did. Right. And oh, then yeah, yeah, yeah. his father uh, molested her several times. Oh. <laughs> and she would say, like, I'm going to tell. And he'd say, well, who will believe you? You know, no yeah. one will believe you. And, of course, this was the early 80s, 70s, late 70s. So she let it go. But it was just a lifetime of this crap. So by the time, you know, she had this man's baby and he left, she was not, you know, an upstanding citizen. She she didn't really have any drug problems per se, although she dabbled. But it was more just mental. One thing yeah. after another, she would have breakdowns and she was institutionalized, hospitalized, you know, over and over and over and several uh, suicide attempts. She just, it's just tough all around. Uh, all the way. She just was not healthy, and no one yeah. in her life stepped up to help her. No one. Everyone just said, oh, look at that. What a mess that is, and then went about their life. And, you know, she slowly deteriorated. Well, mm. I think the little girl was about nine, <clears throat> and uh, the dude comes back in her life, and Morgan finds out that he's near so you know she reaches out do you want to meet your daughter he agrees so he meets his daughter for the first time i think he stuck around maybe two weeks mm. and uh, morgan just you know she she decided that this, this was it they're a married couple now she tattooed his name on her stomach it said uh, property of spike <laughs> spike oh my gosh name. of course uh, yeah, of course it was. Of course. Um, also, she changed her last name to his last name. Mm-hmm. Just so she, you know, and he was livid. So all this stuff sort of stacked up and he he said, no, I'm out. So he took off again, went to Florida. This time, she knew where he went. So she packed up her daughters and headed to Florida and just sort of, I'm here. Oh, dear. And I he bet that went over well. Yeah, 
he had a relationship going down there. He tried to have all three of them in one just sort of happy family for a while. That didn't work out. <laughs> um, she actually attacked Morgan. Actually attacked the other girlfriend with an axe. Oh. Prior to shooting her. Oh yeah. But that, you know, she um, she told me, she said, well, I never meant to kill her. I just meant to scare her. That's why I hit her with the the other end of the axe. Uh, but so, it was still enough. Well, good thinking, I guess. I, I, I guess. don't know. But she threw the axe down. The woman went to the cops. The police showed up to Morgan's door and they did arrest her. But they took her, you know, they let her bond out and said, we'll come to court and because she didn't really cause any real damage, there, right. it was just, she didn't hardly break the skin. It was just like a a rough a spot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's more assault than. And it was anything. pretty much just assault, right? Yeah. So, but instead of really digging into it, you know, they just let her go yet again, and then, yeah, eventually she she shot the lady. Oof. And it's just uh, she's still in love with Spike, you know. Yeah. She wants to know where he's at and. Wants me to look up at, you know, where is he now? And oh, I'm not doing that crap. You know, it's just, it's far for the course because if, even if her folks, her parents would have paid more attention to her behavior yeah. as a kid or any teacher would have, you know, caught she just on her. kept falling through the cracks. I have never seen such in my life as yeah. many times she was let down. Yeah what drew me to the story because you know it's hard to feel sympathy for her she did what she did and some of the things that she still says about the woman she killed Mm -hmm. blows my mind she still has no sympathy she still doesn't feel bad wow no she'll say things like well the whore should have known you know (laughs) jeez but can't can't put any blame on him no 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 she can't no 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 not at all wow but you know she'll say things like he never paid any child support. And I just, it's just so dumbfounding to me to see a woman that far mentally gone and, and nobody notices nobody or cares. Caught it. Yeah. Mm-mm. No one caught it. No one, or if they did catch it, nobody cared enough to, to, to do just, anything, to about, do anything it. about it. Yeah. Just, well, she's the uh-uh. way she is. What do I care? You know, right. that's, that's a it, shame. And it started so early, you know, because she lost her virginity at 12 to the yeah. to the 18-year-old neighbor boy. Mm. And it's one man after another that just took advantage of her yeah. over and over well, and over. How long can you go on before it, uh, it just it eats you? <laughs> it eats you away and right. eats yeah. your soul. You know, and it's just like, True. that's it. I'm done. I'm can't do it anymore i get it i mean i don't get it but i get it i hope i never yeah. get it get it right <laughs> as soon as i really get it then you know i guess people get yeah, i'll be writing about <laughs> you yeah right but i don't know it, it wasn't it's not one of those really you know freaky yeah she did something horrifying which she did but you know it wasn't crazy crazy off the wall crazy that drew me to it it was just the fact that she had it could have been stopped so many times. Uh, Dahmer was the same way between his family True. and the police. And, you know, it's yeah. why he was he was in a, uh, you know, an African-American 
uh, yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. And he, just, he, he knew. He knew he can hide in that neighborhood and no one's going to come after him. He oh, yeah. Hunt yeah. away with reckless abandon. And, you know, I, there's always going to be that argument of nurture versus nature. You know, did we of did we course. make this or was he like this in the end? You know, I'm sure it's both. Yeah. I'm sure it is both. And you get so many people that, you know, especially people that aren't really versed with the law or mental sure. illness or, you know, the way the way things work. And they want to say, well, that's just an excuse, you know. Well, it is an excuse, but don't you want to know why? You know, don't yeah. you want to know what drove people to this? The, I do. Yeah, the reason we keep having it is because we don't do anything about it. Because people right. say, like, oh, well, that's just an excuse. Yes, that's literally what an excuse is. Exactly. We, we have to have an excuse. We have to have reason. We, that's what yeah. our brains do, and we want to know why did this person act so much different than we did? Well, mm-hmm. you didn't go through what they went. And when you already have issues and you already have pain and you already have emotional problems, I'm sure it's not a, a long know, and walk. No one teaches you how to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it just baffles me that so many people find that just can't find a way to understand that. You know, yeah. shit happens and then more shit happens. Right. On top of so, the old shit and over and over. Right. And so if you don't me, stop I the downhill struggle, you know, the downhill roll of shit, yeah. somebody's always going to get get it. Get it, right. So yeah. Somewhere. And some of us can just keep taking it and taking it and other people, it's, but mine's had enough. That's true. You know, like the, yeah. um, have you seen this lately? The woman that's saying that her I only just saw it yesterday. Said her her backyard is full of dead people that her her dad raped and killed women all of her life. Oh, I and think I, her in- I saw something about someone saying their parents and something about a yard, and I didn't get to uh, read the mm-hmm. article, so that must have been it. Oh my that's going to be a big one, dude. That one that's yeah. going to be our next big our next big thing. I can tell. Oh, it's gotta I mean, be. She said like fifteen to thirty. Holy crap! That she knows of. That she knows of, yeah, yeah, but her dad make the kids deal with it. He would be like, that. she was a whore, she deserved it. And oh, he let them know all, that this was going on? And they're, oh, and made them help him bury these women in the backyard. Oh, he made the kids help? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They, they use wheelbarrows and, oh. and tarps and drug these bodies out. So can you imagine what these kids, kids are like? As right. Adults? Oh, my God. And who's helping them? You know, I mean, like right. I, I and what his sons? What are they going to be out there killing people? You just don't right. know. You don't know. If I mean, Mm-mm. this is how they've grown up. It sure could be. Right. Just uh, you know, if you want to talk about Richie, well, well, yeah, we always uh, want to talk about Richie. What are all the things that he had to deal with? You know, the uncle that was sick from Vietnam and. Mm-hmm. You know, killed his wife right in front of Richard. And oh, jeez. All of the, you know, he showed him photos of raped women and, and murdered, decapitated women in, in Vietnam. And, oh. you know, he was 12, 11 years yeah. old. What do you think is going to happen? He's going to grow up and, and kill women. Right. And for those who don't know, it's uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker that we're talking about. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, none of them come from these happy, <laughs> happy, normal lives. There's always well, some sort of like, you know, Bundy, he had a decent life. That's true. And, uh, there's a couple, but not, couple not that, many. Yeah. One Bundy, thing about, yeah. I know, one thing about, uh, Dahmer mm-hmm. that, it, impressed me kind of was you know because if you hear Bundy talk when he when he knew his ex you know he tried so hard to not get executed right everything you know I'll tell you where this body is give me you know he he tried to string him along long as he possibly could but when he knew there was no time left you know when he was really trying to talk to people and, and explain how why he is the way he was or whatever he always brought up pornography hmm. about how terrible it was and what a, what it, how it changed him and how you have to be very adamant against letting any young boys see pornography. Hmm. And then there and then there was Joseph Duncan who I spoke to for several years. He but, said the same thing. Huh. He blamed it all on pornography or the large part of it. He also blamed it on um, experimenting gay experimentation when he was very young mm-hmm. and that it was it was beat out of him and told him he was told that he was sick or whatever for it mm. so he blamed such experiences on what turned him into a mass murder serial killer but then you have Dahmer who was just like you know what you can't blame porn yeah. you can't blame you know absentee parenting because he had a bit of that and yeah I you know, I just always kind of admired the way he was like, look, I'm just fucking sick, and I do sick shit, and, and yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's, he, he had a really honest, distinct way of kind of understanding his condition, you know, and even when he yeah. captured, it's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you everything. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I always kind of admired that in a way, because yeah. he was like, just, what's the use of... Of lying or playing the, the get around games. Yeah. yeah. Which is completely is different than Ed Kemper. You right. know, who was the game never ends, I don't think, with Ed. Mm-mm, no. What an oddball he is, too. Oh, I have yeah. just recently tried to write, I can't even never pronounce his last name, but you know that guy, Todd Colfeffer? Oh, I think I know who you mean. I don't remember his last name either. He killed a bunch of people in a bike shop and then kept a woman kidnapped in a camp in a trailer in his backyard forever. Never, 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 never. Jeez. I, just, I know he writes to people, and uh-huh. I just recently thought about reaching out to him only because his mother was so adamant that he did not do any of this stuff right up until, I mean, even faced with evidence, she was like, nope. Right. Nope. Hi, baby. So hmm. I always wanted to ask him about his mom. Like, why does she not believe this? Yeah. Huh. Why do you know moms? Why? Yeah, I guess. I'm a mom. I got nine kids. But, right. some, you know, though Popo rose up with some evidence, I'm going to be like, <laughs> I'll some commissary money, baby. You fucked up. He's only a month so. younger than me. He Who? Was, he was born March 7th, 1971. Who? I'm the, Todd? At the right one, Todd Colhep. Colhep, yeah. 
Yeah. Really? See, yeah. you could be a you could be a whack job, Gary. I know. <laughs> Depending who you ask. I already am one, but not to this extent, hopefully. You're the <laughs> that same I know of. You're a nice safe whack job. I know. <laughs> That's going on my dating profile. Oh, you're nice, nice safe whack job looking for other safe <laughs> whack job to whack jobs. No, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this is this is the book. The book's going to be on Morgan. Yeah, That's... I am in the middle of it. It's been quite a ordeal. She's either, you know, she's my best friend and giving me all this information and telling me where to look and hooking me up with all of her ex-husbands and friends. Or she's pissed off and she's like, don't write anything, which, you know, that always cracks me up. All they all kind of do that, don't yeah, they? So, yeah. So like, yeah. you are you don't have my permission. Well, I don't give a shit. I don't need your permission. This stuff is public information, you know. Right. Just you know, it, it cost me a little bit to get like the tra- the trial transcripts are free. You just have to get them and print them out, and you know. But like, I had to pay for all the evidence that the police had, their interviews and all that stuff. Sure. That ain't for free. Oh, so yeah. you know, I don't know what she thinks. Like you, yeah. you cannot stop me getting that stuff, hun. Yeah, they don't. But yeah. Got it. Mm-mm. She's angry right now with me. Yeah. Anyways. Oh well, she'll get glad again. <laughs> once uh, she needs something, yeah. She'll find happiness once again. Once again. Her, her <laughs> kids don't speak to her much. Her yeah, one what of her ex- to them? Been, um, she had a daughter already when all this crap started. Oh, okay. Who I have spoken to once or twice. I'll be changing their names in the book. Sure. They don't want anything, you know, to do with this business. And they have already changed their names, so they're they're pretty safe. But um, the daughter that she had with Spike pretty much does not speak to her pretty much at all. Mm. I mean, once in, once in a blue moon, she will. She was pretty young when all this stuff went down. But she has really, you know, she's she's made a really nice life for herself. She's really worked hard, got a really good education. She's working at a fantastic job, so... That's good. You know, let, the, let her go on with her life. Yeah. And I, you know, here for Morgan and she wants to cry the blues about it. And I've tried to tell her several times the best thing you can do for your daughter is to leave her alone. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if if that changes, the daughter will reach out. But yeah. don't, don't go out there and mess up what the daughter's trying so hard to, to do. No, and she's, you know. Yeah. Morgan's still nuts. She's she still don't make good sense all the time. And yeah. you know, as much as we would like to thank prisons are for rehabilitation, they are yeah. not. So she she gets zero, you know, help in there, right. mental help. Mm. If anything, she's getting worse and, instead of better. It's just a place to rot. It's just sitting. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a for profit money machine. That's all oh, it is. Absolutely. That was one of the biggest Biggest things we did wrong. Well, there's a whole long list of this country of things we did wrong, but privatizing the prisons is, uh, I think that's been an atrocity. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, this, this justice system is just retorted. It, it, it doesn't is. make any sense whatsoever. Makes and, and any sense for any side. Yeah. 
No, it's on purpose because it just keeps people in, in trouble once they're in trouble. That's why it's so, you know, so much fuckery. Yeah. Just ridiculous. It's just so they can keep the money machine rolling. And, you know, it's it's obvious once you look into it, you know, you look into the way things really run in this country as far as criminal justice system. And then right. you look at other countries that have less crime than we do. And there's a reason. You know, because we yeah. we make criminals, we 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 breed criminals on purpose. Oh yeah, it seems so. That's all prisons do is help make criminals better criminals. Right. <laughs> you know, That's but true. It's, it's sadly true. That's now, true. On, on your website, there's an interesting uh, story on here about Bracy Bird. Right. I just started looking into yeah. that the other day. That is on the, like, it's, everybody's got that. It's just locked down. I, I cannot yeah. get no information out of anybody. Too, too but I've got my soon. Yeah. We'll see. But obviously she's nuts. So, uh, yeah. like, who, why, why is this broad walking around, you know, doing this? I don't know. Yeah. It's this just, was out of North Carolina, and, I think. And she castrated yeah. her stepson. Stepson, yes. Charged include not- attempted murder, felony child abuse, inflicting serious bodily injury, malicious castration, which is funny. It's hard to picture a non-malicious castration, but that's just right. Yeah, you know, but they happen. Uh, I guess accidental. <laughs> right. And I slipped. First degree uh, kidnapping and three counts of felony child abuse with physical injury. Two do- two million dollar bond. And you can tell by her face that she is spun out. That lady is not in there. There's oh, nobody no. home. No, if she's not on something, then, yeah, no one's home. The no. elevator no longer works, let alone goes to the top. No, it's crazy. But uh, and this is yeah. all on your website. It's a woman condemned, awomancondemned.com. And it has really fascinating stories on Thank there. Thank you. Yeah, I really like reading it i mean a lot of them are depressing but uh yeah fascinating it kind of if you're into <laughs> true crime you have to check this out um some of the others lately, that you... oh go ahead i'm sorry okay. lately getting a lot of flack from readers about one particular woman i cover molly jane Rowe. she um murdered raped and murdered her boyfriend's two-year-old daughter oh i believe it was 2015 i don't don't remember the year but i speak to her pretty regularly Mm -hmm. she does not talk about her case at all she will not even make one even mention toward it but she's getting ready to go for another appeal i think i think but the only thing she does say is that it was she was in a some sort of drug induced state. Mm. I um I get a lot of flack for covering that case. I don't know exactly why. Like some of the videos I've done on YouTube about her, these random people will come in the comments and be like, just jump my butt, you know, about one thing or another and they always want to say there's of some relation to the to the child oh, of course but 
and I talked to the mom of the daughter on on Instagram. We had several long conversations. That's where she found me at with Instagram. And, you know, they want to gripe about really inconsequential stuff. Like, yeah. I think the newspapers, you know, because I go by what I find in the police reports. They had her name as one last name, and then, you know, somebody wants to call me up in the middle of the night and tell me I'm a, a flying bitch because I had the little girl's last name wrong. It's not this, it's that. Oh, okay, God. well, that's what the police report said. Uh, right. You know? I can only go with, you know, what I can yeah, see and what they tell me. I don't know. But then, you know, I spoke with the mom of the daughter on on Instagram a couple times and she agreed to to do a video with me and then just she skied up on me I don't know yeah. she I lost her she stopped responding to me and answering my calls and stuff so I guess she felt like it wasn't in her best interest but I really wanted her on there so that everybody would stop you know assuming I made this crap up or something I don't know the only other thing you know everyone wants her to just you know they're like why don't she just die well because she doesn't, she's not sick. You know, that is right. She's not that old either. She's still living. Yeah. So I don't know. I think she's gonna get a a re, not a retrial. She's gonna get um some some help with her appeal. I think unless this last one has already happened, I I haven't really talked to her about her case in a while because she doesn't talk about it. Right. You know, and that's all there is. And it's I think. A, this happened in 2013, maybe? Was it 2013? Something like that, when she was 25. I thought it was 15, yeah. yeah. Uh, it she's could a beautiful be. girl, too. She is and very so pretty. It Just. makes you wonder, like, what the hell happened? She, did, You know, some of the stuff the mom told me was, I don't think the mother was in the little girl's life. I think the dad had custody of her. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Molly was jealous. She was jealous of the attention the dad was giving the daughter Yeesh. and the attention, you know, that was taken away from her, the money and the time and et cetera. And she was messed up on crystal meth. And I don't the yeah. records about how exactly she assaulted her sexually have been right. sealed and their way of knowing what she did. Right. But the people I've spoken to in the family, she bounced her around the kitchen several times threw mm. down some steps mm. and then eventually called the police said she didn't know what happened Oof. and this this kid was like 17 months yeah she doesn't even so know what's going right. on yeah no like what could you possibly have done wrong such a tiny little you know right I don't know, and she's she's one that's hard to talk to too. Because when I get thinking about why she's in there, I just want to be like you, bitch. Yeah, but it's hard. Yeah. It's hard with I a lot. I can't imagine I, all the you know ones that you talk to. It's got to be difficult. It was, you know, and I've said this a lot. One one of the worst people I've ever spoken to was Joseph Duncan. And I did a teeny piece on him in one of the books I wrote, but um, Greg Olson is writing a book about it now, and mm. I cannot wait to to see what he writes about it because I just did a teeny tiny skinny thing in one of J. R. J. Parker's books, 
And so, you know, but I know he didn't get to talk to, to Duncan because I, he's dead now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over there in Fort Bragg. <laughs> you know, a lot of weird murders <laughs> happen in Fort Bragg. Yeah. Pretty soon it's going to be one of those. Did you live in the Fort Bragg area in the, this time zone? You might be yeah. eligible for a large payout. Could be. And then the other really, really worst one I ever talked to was um, Lamericus Davidson here in Ooh. Tennessee. God dang, he scares me so bad. He tried to get me to come visit him, and I just, I did not have the balls, I have to tell you. He just, he was part of um, a crew that killed two, a couple in Knoxville. I want to say she, uh, Newsome and Christian were their names. Okay. Some of the things that he told me, and they had one woman that was in their crew. They were, they were carjacking, and they had all just got out of prison except for the girl. And they ended up still in this car with these two kids in it. They were in, they were teen, uh, high school, oh, no, no, college students. Right. I want to say early. But they were so very young. And just some of the things that these people have told me that they did to this couple. I had nightmares, man, for. I can imagine. I, I don't even really like go, going back over that book because it was so freaking hard. Just some of the sickest, most depraved stuff I've ever heard in my life. You know, you grow up reading this stuff, you know, the, you know, Helter Skelter and. Sure. You know, knowing about Ramirez and, you know, you grew up, you know, roughly in the 70s, early 80s. And like I did, you, you kind of you get, you know, some of the the worst serial killers ever was running around at that. Time. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I kind of grew up with this stuff. You always kind of hear it. <clears throat> but then I don't there was just something about that case that was just. That's the one that Too haunted much. you. I had, no, yeah. I always thought I heard it all, but not not them. Mm. And I, I worry, you know, about even knowing them because, I don't know, maybe three or four months. When I wouldn't go see him in prison, he started being mean to me and sending me ugly letters, and he oh, wouldn't geez. tell me stuff anymore. And I was like, that's fine. Okay, thanks for what you did tell me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then I I started getting letters from some woman, text messages and uh, comments on my blog, but from some gal telling me that, you know, I should be, I better watch my back. I should be ashamed of myself and don't I know better than to mess with a man like him. And he's got people on the outside. And then she said, um, I need you to cease and assist immediately. Well, that cracked me up. I was, I was a little, you know, I was tentative. I didn't know who this girl was and if she could hurt me or whatever. But when she said cease and assist, I just, I busted out laughing and she hung up on me and I never did hear from her again. She said, cease and assist. I said, assist, honey. I, I'll take all the assist I can get. <laughs> you want to help me out? And I just was rolling, laughing at her. And then, click. And that was that. Oh, jeez. So. 
<laughs> and I never heard from him again either. I it did kind of worry me. Oh, I'm sure. I don't. <laughs> I mean, you've heard some horrific stories. I've seen some terrible things as a medic and an archaeologist in some war zones, stuff like that, but not like what you deal with. It can get hairy. I know when last time we were talking, I think you had either just finished uh, um, taking Tori or you might have been just around the time it had been published, I think. Yeah, around there. I think That's so. That's a fascinating story as well. Yeah, that was hard. That was hard. Yeah. Another one where everybody was like, why do you talk to her? Because I sent Terry Lynn some money and stuff. Sure. But I really did feel for her. She was another one, Gary. Like, people just did not give a flying crap about that girl from the minute she was born. She got tossed around. Her mother was a drug addict. And she gave her away. Gave her away to another drug addict. Four drugs? Yeah, pretty much. They just, you know, they shared her around the neighborhood. And she grew up in this horrifyingly ghetto-ish situation that was like lean-tos and no electricity Mm. and just crap. No running water half the time. You know, just really miserable. Yeah. And that that was just her life. And, you know, the person she called mother sold drugs for a living and did drugs. So she was selling the drugs for her mom. That was just part of way of life. She was doing them, you know, by the time she was 10, 12 years old, because everybody else was. Yeah. And, and, you know, she meets this guy that pays her a little tiny bit of attention and acts like, you know, she might be able to be somebody. That's all it takes. Oh, yeah. And the people who do that know. They know that's all it takes. Mm Mm-hmm. And they use them, and they use them, and they use them, and they throw them away, and then they wonder why right. they finally break and strike out. Right. He had a history of just living off women and getting women to do things, you know, and, for and this him. This is uh, what Michael Rafferty. Michael Rafferty, yeah. yeah. He would not speak to me when I was writing that book, and then when it was when I wrote it, he had he called he had a somebody called me, some friend of his or whatever, and was like got it all wrong and you mentioned me in that book but you didn't even mention my name i was like well <laughs> why would i mention your name yeah he was like some rando in the trailer park or something whatever dude's house he was at at some point i said well you know i offered to talk to him i offered to listen to his side of the story so you can't really call me later and tell me i messed right. up when you're no. gonna tell me first place. all these people get your number <laughs> How do they get your number? Got a call. On, that's crazy. It's pretty um, easy to get. You know, yeah, I yeah, mean, I, I got what I use for my private stuff. Yeah, yeah, but my prison number is is out there. So people how did they got, get to this eight year old girl? Was it someone that Michael Rafferty knew? Um, no, it was actually somebody that Terry Lynn knew, but mm. she didn't she didn't realize it at the time. Um, t- um, the little girl, Tori, her mother had purchased Oxycontin from Terry Lynn's mother uh, previously. Okay. But she didn't, she didn't really realize that that wasn't part of the narrative. Really. They were just riding around. Michael had asked her time and time again 
to find a little girl to rape and murder. And yeah. Terry Lynch saying, yeah, sure. You know, trying to play big, ballsy bitch. Never really <laughs> it to come true. But then one day he, you know, he threatened her. She was going to do it that night or he was going to stop seeing her. He was going to beat her. He was going to take her drugs, et cetera, et cetera. So she said she, you know, she was between a rock and a hard place. So they pulled up to the school and they saw Tori walking home and he just pulled right up to her mm. and told her in this, this age old thing. You tell your children never to listen to But She told her, help me find my puppy. Yeah. He's in the car. It's almost too easy. It is. And she walked right up and that was that. And they took her. Mm. That, those stories were harrowing too. That was so hard to write. So yeah. hard. Trying to picture that stuff in your head to get it down on the paper is just nauseating. And I read, um, what was his name? Douglas, uh, the FBI profiler, his book, who I have a weird theory on. I'll share that in a minute. But uh, he talks a lot about that, how it just weighs on you and weighs on you. And the, in his part, years of just trying to put himself in that mind, you know. Oh, it, yeah. And then uh, in the book, he talks about in his neighborhood, a little uh, a child goes missing. I think it's a little girl. And uh, I'm not sure if they ever find her. It's been years since I read this now. But the little girl goes missing. At the same time that he kind of goes into this, uh, like, fugue state and has this, like, several-day blackout. Wow. And then he kind of sidesteps it and goes on with the book. And I'm, I need to go back and reread it so all the facts are fresh in my mind. But it really seems like he was almost admitting that he questions whether he had anything to do with that or not. And hmm. I, it was... In his career, when he was really, I don't know which case he was working on, and he was just spending all that time on it, and uh, then he just had this complete fugue state. I don't know whether it was a week or four days or something like that, and he has no idea what happened on then. <coughs> that is crazy. Yeah, it's weird. But, I mean, it just shows that he, you know, like they always say, you look far enough into the void, the void looks back. And it's uh, mm-hmm. they're hard things to deal with. A little Nietzsche for everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it is. Right. It is, though. Yeah. Like, the longer you... It seems like it would be easier, but I swear it gets harder. Oh, it's Because, you know, like, I, growing up, like I said, you know, I, I, I was living in fucking Chicago when, when Gacy got busted. Right. You know, I was little, but I can remember hearing that stuff on the radio every morning while my parents was getting ready for work. You know, I mean, I w- I've, been, I've been hearing this stuff all my life. Yeah. But it doesn't get any easier. It's oh, no. Like, and knowing these people makes it worse because they want to tell you stuff. Oh, you know, of course. That you don't want to hear most of the time. You know, even to write a book, I don't really need all the all the information they want to give you sometimes. Mm. You know, and, and it's, working on this. It's Go still. Ahead. I was going to say it still goes on because I think the uh, as of like 2020, the statistic was still between 25 and 50 serial killers 
actively working in the U.S. right now, killing about 150 people a year. And it just that's crazy. And it's crazy. You add that on top of the COVID one, and no one's asking questions when people disappear or they die or uh, right. They had COVID. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You, know. you know, they say, I can remember hearing, you know, not too long ago when DNA first started becoming yeah. as relevant as it is, people were saying, oh, not, you know, you'll never be able to get away with it again. The days of, you know, serial murders are over. No, it ain't. Yeah. No, it ain't. There's just so many ways that people can get away with it, especially people that travel a lot, like truck drivers or something. Oh, yeah. Or, Absolutely. I mean, it's doable. Oh, 100% still. I mean, even with all the technology and all the cams and it's, mm-hmm. they're not going yeah, to your house. They're meeting right. you at bars. They're meeting you at school. They're meeting mm-hmm. you. I mean, literally could be anywhere. They're meeting you online and then meeting yeah. in person. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And yeah. They're, they're out there. It's going on. There's still a few, you know, that are big cases, but you never hear about it because you know, you got to look for that stuff. There's like the Long Island serial killer, uh, Jeff Davis, eight killers, uh, West Mesa bone collector, Brazil's yeah. rainbow maniac, uh, Ibadan forest serial killer. And they're, they're all over the world. I think the smiley face killers are the ones that are the biggest right now. Um, that killed so far, 45 college age, aged males across a 20 year span. And leaving Is the, that real? I thought I remember reading somewhere that that was part I, of that was made up or something. I had heard that too, that parts, and then it keeps showing up. So I'll have to look into that a little bit and uh, mm. see what it is, see how many they've actually attributed versus actually are. Right. Um, there's Pedro Lopez, the monster of the Andes, the vending machine killer. I didn't know about this one. No, I've never heard that one. No, it's Japan. I guess that's why. Oh, yeah. But there's, there's just tons, and they'll they'll never find these people. No. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these have been going on for 20-plus years. Right. Well, that West Mesa bone collector, that situation's yes. been on forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's all women range between, what, I think like 15 and 32 uh, all involved over the place, in the sex yeah. trade and uh, mostly Hispanic. But, um, yeah, they have a couple suspects but can't find a link and it looks like it's stalled out so it's somebody so had to die yeah you know in their memoir somewhere yeah i gotta look up that uh the father with all the burials in the back ra- backyard yes my brother sent me a link to that yesterday afternoon he was like here's your one so i click on it and look at it i said holy crap that one's gonna be our next big headline for months to come if they don't bust out a lifetime oh, right. movie of the week on sucker i don't know oh it'll have will. it'll be I, of course all that comes up when i type in is i get home burials how to legally bury a body in your backyard I'm like well that's not helping <laughs> what is dude's name i'm trying to think no i can't remember it either Only thing I I found was dad was serial killer, woman says, as cadaver dogs scour field of nightmares. Oh, Lucy Studley. Lucy Lucy Studley. 
study s t u d y that's the dollar yeah Iowa I think that's where that happened Iowa beautiful downtown Iowa and what was her name again Lucy study or study s t u d e y now the oh, dad's yeah. dead so that makes me wonder like okay apparently she'd been telling people forever that her dad had done this when she was a kid oh wow but like uh i think he died in 2013 maybe people just weren't listening to her i guess oh go figure it seems like she could have got somebody's attention in you know, all these years yeah and I- then when she this one, this report's know. just from like four hours ago, so they're yeah, FBI, FBI working with Iowa officials to investigate woman's claim that father killed 50 to 70 people. Look at that. It's gotten up since yesterday. Yeah. Fremont County, Iowa. Iowa State and Fremont County, Fremont County investigators are laying the groundwork for a serial killer investigation after a woman claimed that she helped her father bury 50 to 70 bodies inside a well west of Tabor, Iowa. Ay, ay, What a mess. Yeah, I'll have to keep an mm-hmm. eye on this one. And, yeah, it's uh, going to get bigger, I imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is going to be the biggest thing since they dug up Gacy's house, I guess. Well, or all of uh, Dahmer's. True. Yeah. That uh, Lori Daybell, I'm curious if they're going to give those two the death penalty. Oh, that and, is possible. I don't know their story well. The, uh, what are they calling those people? They're calling her the something mom, the uh, apocalypse mom or some <laughs> shit like Jeez. that. Because cause, uh, her and Chad thought the world was coming to an end. Oh, my Lord. So they killed everyone? They killed her ex-husband, his wife, and her children. Uh. Because they thought they were possessed by uh, demons. Oh, of course. They took away people's souls, yeah, and and inhabited their bodies. Which, you know, I don't don't understand that. Because I I can't understand if she's crazy or not. (laughs) Everybody said that she... You know, into she's a Mormon. Okay, that's they're both Mormons, and they that's how she met this dude. He was he wrote books mm-hmm. and self published them about the end times, and he said God was talking to him. He was a prophet. Oh, yeah. So, but you know, she, as growing up, she was normal and she had a normal life, but she was a bit money hungry and and went through men pretty quick, but. Other than that, you know, she was regular, normal, yeah. until she met this prophet, and then whew, down the shitter. I mean, everything went crazy immediately. Well, you know, it's never going to end well when you're meeting someone claiming to be a prophet. No, and they started a <laughs> podcast together where they talked about, you know, they were the 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 main people of the 144,000 that Jesus was going to come and save when, oh, right. when she had ran. Yeah. They, they were the two, they were like the mom and pop of the new, the new crowd or something. I don't know, but they were the ones like they were the ones that were going to survive. And I read some of her text messages 
to her brother, which he ended up dying too, mysteriously. Mm. But he was on her side, so I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. he said, what are you doing? And she said, working on Z's, which she meant zombies. Oh. And she said, um, you won't believe who is one next. And, like, their neighbors were Z's and, the you know, the school principal and the dude at the bank and just, you know. Uh, Chad would just have these visions and God would tell him who was a, a zombie now. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? You know, but she was normal all her life, so that kind of stuff trips me out. I'm like, what happened? You can't just suddenly go crazy. Like, I'm crazy now. Let's kill everybody. So Mm. I don't – what happened to her? I'm so curious. Uh, You know, I I read a report of where one of the – some woman that was in jail with her before she went on to prison Mm -hmm. in a county jail with her. And she said – it just gave the craziest report about her that – you know, she was more concerned about her hair and her and trying to put makeup on, you know, and and, yeah. and then then the reports would come on and she wouldn't even the news reports would come on. And everybody would say they're talking about you and it just didn't phase her. She was like, oh, you know, I'll be, it, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to work out. I have God on my side. You know, so I, I, I'm following oh, God. God. So, <laughs> <laughs> He's doing great by you so far. Right. Yeah, he's, this is just a test to having you in this jail here. What? Right. What, well, you'll figure it out. I, yeah. Just, I don't know. I'm curious if they're going to put her to death or not. Yeah, it's... Because I don't think Chad actually thought he was a prophet. I thought, because he was an ugly SOB, if you've seen the pictures of him. Good. Oh, yeah. That man is... <laughs> God. <laughs> and what were their names? All right. Chad and Lori Daybell. That's right. God, he is so ugly. And she's beautiful. (laughs) So I think he got a load of her and said, hmm, now what do I got to do to keep her? Figured out she was going ape shit and said, well, you know, which which story seems to make her the happiest and just whatever he had to do to keep her. That's what I think. Yeah. Because Hmm. if you see interviews with him or, you, you know, when the police were first talking to him, he's got a lot more sense. And you can see in his eyes, like, he's like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. Where she is just like, ding dong, you know, nobody's yeah. So I do wonder. I wonder how that whole situation, I think they're going to kill them both, I do. Oh, uh, probably. Yeah, because they killed her children, her husband, his wife. Oh, jeez. So you know, God knows who else they'll dig up. Right. Mm. What's got to be wrong with you to kill your own kids? Yeah, you? that I don't. I, I can't think of anything worse than losing one of your kids. You know, no. I, I, I want to. I don't want to outlive my kids. And no, jeez. I mean, no. Certainly to, to hurt them. The idea. I mean, I grew up. I was abused, and to to even try and conceive of the idea of passing that along. It just sickens me because, you know, I, that's all I knew growing up is that I am not going to be my dad. That's all I know. (laughs) That's all I knew then is, well, I'm I'm not going to do this. This is what I'm not going to do. Yeah. Yeah, This is what I'm not going to do. I have no idea what I am going to do, but it's not this. Not this. Yeah. 
and uh, so far I've achieved that. I haven't done that, and I haven't done much else. But, you know, but um, <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, it is enough. <laughs> well done. You know, I, I ended multi generational cycle of abuse. So you know, at least I can have that on my tombstone. But, yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough, and why some people, you know, whether it's a defect they already have in the brain or something else, and. You know, what makes it that I'm not a serial killer, but somebody else is, you know, who knows? I know. I mean, I'm like you. I felt with, I, I dealt with a fair share of abuse. Yeah. Yes, you and did. A lot of times I think that that's why I do this stuff. Because you get you it, know? you know, in a certain way. You you know what it's like to be that victim over and over again. True. So again, when I was you know, younger. I, oh, no, go ahead. I was always afraid when I was younger that, I, you know, like I was getting, I wouldn't say it was ritual abuse, but it was damn near it. Yeah. And my my brothers and I were always subjected to some kind of something weird. Mm. And when I was younger, I used to be afraid that it would, like I would become that. I would become like these people. Right. I think when I started doing this, a lot of it was so that I could just go ahead and face what I thought was going to happen to me anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. Now that I look back on why I started doing this in the first place, I think I think that's part of it, was that was like, let me get it over with and just go and meet these people or, or you know, dive right. into this situation. Because I, in some way, felt like it was me. You know, I belong there or something like that. Do you think talking to them eventually was the catalyst that made you not become one of them? It could be. Yeah. Just, you know, as I grew up, I just, I realized, well, that that's never going to be me. That never could right. be me. Just, you know, just because I, I dealt with this and saw this and, and felt that does not at all mean... I'm destined to this life. Right. But it took a lot out of me. And I was always afraid, you know, because my abusers would tell me all the time, you know, I was only good for one thing. Mm. Women in general were only good for one thing. So I walked around most of my young years <clears throat> assuming I'd be raped or attacked. Just I assumed it was like it, in my mind, it was true. It, it was just going to happen. I just need to know how to deal with it. Right. So I was constantly afraid of that. Every time I turned around, I was afraid someone was going to hurt me. And I think that was another thing. Meeting these people was kind of like facing my fears. You know, like, okay, if anybody's going to do it, this person would do it, you know. Yeah. So that was another way of sort of just dealing with things in the past and... I guess, yeah, facing it, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think that's why a lot of us get into various different things, you know. it. Either it's the thing we think, all right, you know what, I'm just going to do it because fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to be anything. Yeah. What does it matter? What's and then you it? go yeah. into it and that's what you become, you know. You realize, oh, I'm, I'm not this. I'm not this person. You know, we I saw a lot of horrible things as, as a medic, you know, whether it was just 
you know, it was domestic or whether a straight out murder or suicide or, and that always, you know, as a person with, with, you know, very hard to treat depression and you wanted like, you know, there's that song by a uh, sound garden, you know, and he's, is, uh, God, I forget how it goes. You know, it's, uh, uh basically he wonders if this will be my fate, you know, and, and this, um, is this how I'm going to end up? And you hope not, you know, but I guess I think that what puts us, people like us into situations where we're trying to help other people, or I guess Freud would say we're helping ourselves, you know, we're trying to help yeah. ourselves, trying to heal yeah. ourselves by healing others. And who knows? Who knows? I'm glad you're not one of their victims. You know, that's oh, gotta be too. scary. I mean, even just, just people that know them, you don't know if there's more. Cause I think they think, uh, it wasn't the Zodiac. It was a uh, son of Sam. They think might've been multiple people. Yeah, that's true. And you know, the more I read about that, I believe it. It just makes sense. It does. It does in that aspect. And cause he just, I'm not, con- <laughs> just not convinced on his, you know, pulling this all together on his own. No, him, him I mean, the, the dog. More- Exactly. The more you read into it, the more you're like, oh, okay. Well, now that makes sense. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah, that, that's a fascinating turn of events there with that little situation. And, you know, some I always, speaking of older cases and things that might go crazy, is the Atlanta child murders. Yes. Hmm. You know? <laughs> y- y- yeah. That's another one that you wonder, really just one yeah, yeah, like what's really going on? Something yeah. eventually something's going to be told about that whole situation too. Yeah, I, I believe think so too. I, it's it's not over. It's Atlanta. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's more. Yeah, there's more. There's more. But yeah, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that that new one. Yeah, I'm so curious what's going to happen. What I mean, yeah, I guess the, the police or sheriff's office is saying that there's been rumors that Donald's duty or study murdered multiple people and it's been around for years. I'm like, and you were doing yeah, what about it? it yeah, crazy. That may be some situation like that. Stephen Avery from the Netflix making a oh, murderer. Yeah. How- that whole bungling cop situation. Good lord. I guess they're in there now with ground penetrating radar and have to do the whole area and surrounding area. I'm sure they're going to come up with quite a bunch of stuff. They're all sex workers and transients, I guess, according to the daughter. People that aren't going to be missed. Right. Because mm. he would say stuff like that. You know, he would tell the kids stuff like that. Well, nobody's going to miss her. She deserved it. She wasn't number whore. Jeez. Oh, hey. <laughs> her, she's keeping her identity quiet, which I mean, yeah. I guess it's okay for the rest of us. But you know, the people in that town sure as hell know who she is. Oh yeah, they do. That's Without a doubt. Wrong. Somebody's gonna tell on you, sister. Yeah. Mm. Always something, and yet, you know, it's fascinating. We suck it up, you know? No, I know. It's crazy. But that's what they say, you know? I mean, all the smart people, the doctors, yeah. that 
you know, like we were just discussing, it helps it helps alleviate our fears if we look oh, yeah. at that. It helps us feel safer. We're not that we're fucked up. up. We're fucked up, right. but we're not that fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's oh, not my, my neighbor. Lord. I live over here where it's safe, you know. I mean, yeah. it's just, it not, just helps you. We're not those people down there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's just a monkey brain making us feel better in one way or the other. That's true. It's true. We, you see the worst of it. But uh, yeah. So I'm excited for the new book. Oh yeah, me so too. Chop chop! I... Hurry up and finish it so I can read it. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about it too. This is the first one that I've done that's really like. Like has a social justice issue that I'm fleshing out. Mm. You know, my other books, I was just like, well, this is messed up. And if somebody would pay attention, it wouldn't happen. You know, I mean, yeah. I throw a point of view in there. But this time I'm really trying to, you know, make this point. And of course, nothing will come of it, but maybe somebody <laughs> read it. You never know. You never know what person reads it and is like, huh. And then becomes a big lawyer or becomes a politician and does something. Oh, I hope so. Wait, does so. that happen? Is that a thing? I, I don't know. Do, do politicians do anything anymore? I don't think so. I don't know. It's uh, like big cartoon characters anymore. For real. No. But so I've had you on for an hour. And before, you know, I know you got a ton of things to do and there's a time difference for us. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to give you time to um, you know, tell about your website and promote anything you'd like to promote, get it out there so people can check it out. Okay. Um, my website's thewomancondemned.com. It's where I put all my interactions with any inmate that talks to me or I call or random stories I run across. A lot of people that read my blog or in my books will call me with things. I have a lady right now I'm working with. That I will be posting a video on my YouTube very shortly where she thinks she's living next door to a serial murderer. She has sent me several photos. (laughs) And she she knows the story really well. I believe it's Illinois. Oh, wow. Keep an eye out for that. She's asked me to ask the public for help. See if anybody recognizes this woman. So I'll be getting up shortly and my what my um youtube you can find me on youtube at the woman condemned also oh great um i'm on instagram at true crime kelly you'll find a lot of little short videos there about random murderers and murderesses and Mm -hmm. victim statements etc so on and just thoughts from the fascinating mind of kelly oh hell yeah that's the best part <laughs> I'd be on Twitter also at Right Like a Mother. Right Like a Mother. And, and on Facebook, I am Kelly Banaski, and um, The Woman Condemned has its own page on Facebook. Oh, great. And So that's me. Yeah. I am really relatable. You can holler at me anywhere. I'll talk to anybody. I, you know, Lobo and um, 
row the first time they had me on. I'm, <laughs> the, the bunch of their readers got a hold of me or listeners got a hold of me on Instagram. I think two or three of them I still talk to. The, their listeners speak. Mine are like the silent shadows. <laughs> they're just they're here. They're there. They're downloading. They're just like nah, we're not your, gonna speak. I'm on your uh, Bizarro Facebook oh, yeah, too. Yeah. So if anybody wants to talk to me there, can talk to me there. I'm happy to answer any questions. Yeah, come and join the group, everybody. We're we're there talking weird yeah, stuff. Thanks. So come on over and add to the story. And anybody that wants to follow me on YouTube, I would appreciate it. I'm trying to get yes. my viewers. Yeah, hit that so subscribe hit, button. For sure. And give me ideas. Anybody want me to cover a case? Let's do it, kids. I'm ready. Yeah. Well, there's that one unfolding. We need all the deets. We will. I'll be checking yeah. that out. Thanks for coming on, Kelly. Man, thank you, Gary. I appreciate coming every and time. It won't be like three seasons again. We'll get you on regularly and talk okay. weird stuff, especially as this thing unfolds. We can for sure. talk about I'll being appalled <laughs> of course of course we can and but, I'll, uh, I'll try to come up with some good uh info info that might not be easily passed around so yeah yeah <laughs> work those inside uh I'll inside try. informants you never, never know what you find kelly thanks for coming on and congratulations on the wedding oh thank you i appreciate that he uh I'm sure he knows how lucky he is. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk soon, my friend. And uh, hold on Thanks. after I okay. hang up here. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome back. Oh, I hope you enjoyed our chat with Kelly Gossi. I apologize again for the volume spikes and audio issues. They're all figured out and they won't be in the next show. So thank you again for hanging in there for this messed up season and the SWAT team that's going by, if you can hear that. Um, but yeah, thank you for hanging in there. This has been a really messed up season and uh, season six will be far better, more regular shows, more regular. And uh, I'll be in a more permanent location and a better position to create and produce shows. But thank you, Bizarros, for staying with me. Uh, great shows to come, I promise. So uh, once again, let me shut up and let you get out of here. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, take care of yourselves, you know. And I will see you before the end of the year, 100%. We have some shows for November and uh, good things to come, I promise. See you guys soon and stay bizarro. Now I'm better myself.
Stand on my green, on the green quite often Still flawless, stand tall and Say fuck it to me, face calling Time to ride the wave